Hi, I'm Cleo from Between the Lions, and you're listening to the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. It's Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Keep being wild about reading and enjoy the show. Roll it. Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. I'm your host, Jake Deffenbaugh. With me today is our host, as always, Chris Bixby, and Matt Bingo with his pal, Mario Monster. How you guys doing? We're good, Jake. Good. Doing good, Jakey. How you doing? It's great here. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. And who do we have today? Well, this episode's guest we have for today. She's an actress and a puppeteer, and she's a part of lots of other projects. We, of course, we'll be touching on base some later on, like crewing, you know, book, the Book of Pooh, Bear in the Big Blue House, Having the UQ, and lots of other things, as well as she performed Queer in Between the Lines, and as well as the current performer of Zoe on Sesame Street. Please welcome Jennifer Barnhart. Happy to have you here, Jennifer. How are you? Hi. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Happy yeah. to have you here. here. Yes. Yes. Delighted. Yes. <laughs> so, so to kick things off, we know who you are, you know, well, but for those who don't, you know, I'm kind of, you did our <laughs> most introduction, but would you care to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure, of course. Uh, I, I'm Jennifer Barnhart. Um, I am an actor and a puppeteer by trade. Uh, I have been basically li- making my living as a puppeteer, uh, oh gosh, for about 24 years now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, that's sort of me in a nutshell. I do, I've, I've branched out to do some other things as well. I also do act as a human from time to time. Um, I was doing regional theater for a good while there. Uh, I've had a couple of guest spots on law and order SVU once as a puppeteer. Um, wow. so that felt like worlds colliding, which was fun, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that, that's, that's the sort of shorthand of, of me, who I am and what I do. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Nice. awesome. I've Very also nice. actually branched out into, um, directing as well. I've started to do some more directing, which is exciting. Nice. I think I should talk about that for a minute. Um, I got to direct a, a production of Avenue Q at the Adirondack theater festival, yeah. uh, a couple of summers ago, which was incredibly fun and challenging in whole new ways for me. And I've started doing some more directing. Um, I directed for Helpsters, uh, which is a Sesame Workshop Apple TV uh, co-production. Um, in addition to being a puppeteer and the puppet captain for one of the puppet captains for that show, uh, I got to do some some directing of music videos. I got to direct Jason Mraz and, and Nora Jones, and that was pretty awesome. Um, and I've also started doing some directing for Sesame Street. Uh, some of their awesome. some of their projects that they do in uh, you know for their YouTube channel, basically. So music videos and some smaller things like that. So that's been it's been kind of fun to explore some new avenues there as well. So I realized I should also say that that is part of my profile and who I am. Yes, <laughs> very nice, awesome. Yeah. So what was your background like and how did you grow up? Well, I grew up uh, in Connecticut um, and, excuse me, uh, my folks were very supportive, thankfully. 
of the fact that both my older brother and I were very artistically inclined. Um, my brother is a ragtime piano player, Jeff Barnhart, uh, and he and his wife, mm -hmm. Anne Barnhart, do a duo of ivory and gold. And I wanted to just throw that out there in case anyone wanted to Google them because they're fantastic. Um, so he sort of paved the way when we were growing up. He's five years older than me and he pursued music. And so when I said that I wanted to pursue acting, uh, it wasn't too much of a shock. They were like, well, OK, you know, I guess we're not that surprised. You're artsy like your brother. Um, and it wasn't until I got to uh, college, um, I went to the University of Connecticut, and it wasn't until after I arrived there that I discovered that they had a puppet arts program that had been around for 25 years already by the time I got there. Uh, so I started taking classes in puppetry uh, when I was in college, and I was bit by the bug and have I, I have kind of never looked back. <laughs> I awesome. so I so adore it. I so enjoy the art form. Um, and and what it allows me as a performer, you know, whereas as a human, you're typecast, you're 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 sort of bound by the physical, how you look, your type, whatever that is. And right. uh, so what's nice is as a puppeteer, as a character, a performer of different characters outside of myself like that, I can play all kinds of different roles that I would never, ever be considered for as, you know, Jen Barnhart, a human. <laughs> So that was that was sort of how that was sort of my background in terms of, of the arts. I was, again, very fortunate to have a supportive family. <laughs> Makes a big difference. Huh. Yeah, awesome. Sure. So now, how, how did you first get into puppetry? Well, it was it was something that I had always been fascinated by when I was a kid. And I mean, I would I would sort of gut my stuffed animals and, and do uh, little puppet shows for my family and for uh -huh. neighbor kids and stuff like that. But I never really thought about how someone became a puppeteer. I just thought, well, this is kind of fun. And I, I was a huge fan of Jim Henson and the Muppets and, and Dark mm. Crystal and all of the, you know, all mm -hmm. of the films and everything. Um, but it was just something that hadn't really occurred to me. So it wasn't really until college that I that I got to try my hand at it, as it were. So, mm. And awesome. while I was there, I got to try all different kinds of forms of puppetry, not just the, you know, the sort of TV uh, style that that is the most prevalent in this country but i got to try marionettes and shadow puppets and rod puppets and uh, some did some mask work uh so it, it i felt and well, i got to try some building as well as some performing and discovered in that process that i am a much better performer than i am a builder i have mm -hmm. immense amounts of respect for people who are builders and designers uh because that's just a whole other world of skill and talent that i do not possess um, but, uh, I'm, I'm always in awe of and humbled by those who do. Uh, oh, that's great. Definitely. So, um, so now how did you, uh, get on Sesame Street and what was your uh, first day like on there? <clears throat> well, it's interesting. Uh, my first day on Sesame was a little later in my puppetry career, uh, I the first TV show that I ever did was for a then fledgling channel called Animal Planet way back in the day. Oh. Uh, they did a show called Once Upon a Tree. Um, oh. And I it, they shot it in Minnesota for three months and I got cast uh, from submitting a voice tape only. 
So I, I, and I remember getting, they said, we would like to offer you the job. And I went, don't you want to see my puppetry? And they said, no, you know, we've worked at one of the other puppeteers, Tim Legas, uh, who I went to puppet college with. Um, oh, he, he said, he said, you're great. So uh, that's good enough for us. And I said, oh, okay. So in, before I knew it, I was uh, immersed in this three camera shoot where I was playing two different characters uh, and having to figure out, fortunately, I'd, I'd, I'd already gotten the lip sync, you know, sort of down from doing live puppets and things like that. But this was the first time I was really doing any serious work on camera. And it was a three camera shoot. Uh, so it was kind of my boot camp. It was kind of my training grounds. And what's great is it's not, you can actually find it out there. But it's not widely available. I think there might be some stuff on YouTube out there now. But I was very, very green, very, very inexperienced. Um, so uh, I went from that and I, I took the money that I made from that. And I moved to New York City. And while I was living in New York, I uh, was working at a day job. Um, it was uh, it was an office job where I was a copywriter for an ad agency. And I'd been working there for about a year and I was trying to get work as a puppeteer or as an actor. I was trying to do both things. I was I was doing a little bit more acting at that particular point in time, but nothing was really going anywhere. And uh, my boss said to me, hey, you're up for your annual review. I was like, wow, that how has it been a year? Uh, but apparently it had been. And he said, yeah, so I can do one of two things. I can either... Uh, probably ask my superior for a raise for you and give you probably another $10,000 a year, or you can stay at the same salary and keep your flexibility so that you can go to auditions or maybe do an out of town long weekend gig for a puppet thing or whatever, you know, think about it and get back to me. And I took the weekend and I thought about it and I thought, you know what, I've been making myself miserable trying to make this, you know, trying to make a living at this why don't I just take this job that I've been offered, which will give me security and stability and a paycheck. And I can choose to do performance stuff on the side, just, just for myself, just for fun. Cause to a large extent, happiness is a choice. And I've been making myself kind of miserable, beating my head against a wall, trying, trying to make something happen that apparently doesn't seem to be happening for me. So I was going to go in and I was going to say to him, Hey, I'll take, I'll take the money. And a friend of mine called me and he said, and she said, hey, have you seen Backstage this week? And I said, I haven't read Backstage. <laughs> back in the day, Backstage was a trade newspaper that gave you audition notices. Now they have a digital version of it online. But back then it was all still, you know, paper. Right. Um, and I said, yeah, I hadn't read it in a month. Why? And they said, well, I just saw a posting that there, there's an open call for Sesame Street puppeteers. And I went, wait, what? So, <laughs> so... I uh, I went and I did the audition uh, workshop. Now it's it's a mm. training workshop. It's a whole week long process. It's not just you go in to audition for a thing. No. And at, you no. know you get cut at the end of each day, and you know et cetera et cetera. And at the end of that audition, there's not even a job at the other end of it necessarily. It's just you know we're trying to figure out who's out there. You know what what talent what who haven't we seen? Who might we try to want to nurture et cetera et cetera. So I went through that process. Um, and I'd, I'd sort of gotten, I was practicing getting ready for the audition. And I was, so I was practicing in the conference room after hours, after everyone else had gone home back at the ad agency. And, uh, you know, the, the, the staff who were cleaning would be like, what is this crazy person doing in the conference room with this thing on her hand, whatever. Um, so I got myself all ready for the audition, but I couldn't stay for the whole week because I had a deadline. 
So they wanted to keep me for Thursday. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I have to get back to the office. I have to do my thing. They were like, oh, well, okay. Thanks anyway. And, uh, and I was like, oh, so, so I went back to the office and I was, you know, grumbling and muttering and typing away at my desk and growling. And then uh, uh, a week later, uh, I get a call and I still hadn't had the conversation with my boss saying, I'll take the money because both of us were so swamped with work. There were days and they'd go where we never even spoke or saw to each other uh, or spoke with or saw each other. And uh, then I got a call again from my friend, Tim Legas, who said, hey, don't be surprised if you get a call from Kathy Mullen. And I said, Kathy Mullen? Kira from the Dark Crystal, Kathy Mullen, Moki Fraggle, Kathy Mullen. Why is Kathy Mullen going to call me? And she said, <laughs> well, she's doing this new show uh, called Between the Lions, about a family of lions who live in and run a public library. Yes, she love that show. Read. Thank yes, you. Yes. Wonderful Thank show. you. I did too. Yes. So he gives me the rundown about it, and uh, and he and she says, Tim, I feel like I, I I feel like there must be somebody out there I haven't seen. I feel like I've seen everybody in town. Who do you know? And he said, Well, have you have you seen Jen Barnhart? And she said, I don't know who that is. And Tim said, Well, I went to college with her, and you should meet this girl for her voice alone, if nothing else, because no one on the planet sounds like her. Just her natural speaking voice is, you know, very unique. She's a good actress, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, so I went and I auditioned for Kathy for an hour. Um, and at the end of it, uh, so it was an hour worth of auditioning. So it was like, okay, read some scenes. Okay, uh, you know what? Here's, let's do an improv exercise, uh, sing a song. Let's go back to the scenes. And uh, at the end of it, I, I, I remembered calling my mom as soon as I got out of the audition. I said, mom, I learned more in that one audition than I learned in the three months that I was doing Once Upon a Tree in Minnesota. I said, but I know everybody I'm up against. I know what everybody's resumes are. They all they all have resumes as long as my arm. If I'm lucky, I'll be brought to, you know, assist or background or something. Um, and then by the time I got back to the office, after having had the audition and then called my mom and, and the adrenaline wore off, um, friends would come up to me. My coworkers came up to me and said, say, how'd the audition go? And I said, I, you know, I'm never this performer, but I can't talk about it right now because I want this one so badly that when I don't get it, it's gonna devastate me. So ask me in a couple of weeks how it went and then I'll tell you. <laughs> um, so, and then I go back to my working life and then a handful of days later, I get a voicemail from Tim saying, oh, sure, fine. She gets the job and doesn't even call to thank the friend who hooked her up with the audition. Congratulations, sweetie, click. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So I, I called him back and I left him a message and I said, Tim, this is either the meanest practical joke you've ever played on me or you know something that I don't. Call me back. <laughs> and he didn't. Oh, he, he didn't, didn't call you he back. Did not, he did not call me back. He was like, oh, oops. Hmm. Guess I set up my shouldn't. So I had to wait <laughs> until the next day for Kathy to call me to tell me that I'd gotten the gig. So... Aww. But had I not prepared myself, had I not been preparing for the Sesame Street audition workshop, I would not have been ready. My chops were back in shape so that I could then go and do this audition. So it was like that one set me up to, to audition for this other job. Now, this was also back at a time, but around this point, I was sort of on the radar at Sesame Street and I was occasionally getting calls saying, hey, 
we're shooting, we're shooting this project over 10 days and we would need you for one or two of them. We don't know which ones. Are you available for that whole 10 day window? And, you know, if you said no, then you didn't get the job. So uh, I remembered at one point um, they had called and said, hey, are you available after Between the Lions had gone on for a year or two? Uh, they said, hey, are you available to come and do uh, Cinderelmo? Are you available to come and work on that? Wow. And I said, oh, well, I'd love to, but I'm available every day but one because that other day I'm going to be performing my character at the White House. So I can't do one of those five days. Would you be able to keep me for any of the other four? And they're like, oh, no, if you can't do it all, if you're not available all the days, you can't do it. I was like, okay, I'll be doing my own character at the White House. Okay, thanks. Thanks anyway. So, uh, Between the Lions led to Bear in the Big Blue House, led to the Book of Pooh, led to Ubi. So by the time I got to Sesame Street, I already had five shows on under my belt, which was uh, unlike anybody Whoa. else's story. Yeah, I feel like that's unlike anybody else's story right? <laughs> as far as what their first day on Sesame Street was like. Uh, I, I, my first day on Sesame Street, I wasn't assisting or backgrounding. I had a character. I was Grandma Snuffleupagus. Wow. Oh, oh that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty great. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting inside that thing was and 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 marty standing on the outside oh, marty, you know yes, trying to trying to great. talk me oh isn't he incredible i love him so much yes yes oh, yes he's, yes, he's a previous guest of ours too mm -hmm. well and i was just listening to the i was listening to your episode with annie evans as well so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, oh, nice. dear dear friends and i adore them Oh. Um, so, so yeah but marty was so helpful trying to help me figure out how to work inside that thing he's like okay you got to make oh. sure the harness is on your hips it can't be you know gotta get that weight distributed evenly yeah um and he said all right here's the hat that's going to come on for grandma's costume and they're like oh my god did you guys put rocks in this good luck jen here's another 15 pounds boom <laughs> <laughs> i remember emerging from the side because because there's a side entrance to Snuffy. And I remember sort mm -hmm. of flopping out afterwards, completely drenched head to toe. I, I could tell that my face was beat red from exertion. I felt like I'd just been sort of birthed out of the side <laughs> of Snuffy and, and, and just being like, oh my God, is that a thing that just happened? Holy, holy crap. So yeah, so that was my first day on Sesame. Um, and oh, that, was awesome. in, that was in 2002. Um, and then I basically was a day player for 13 years. Um, it was not until I got, well, that's I, the first character on Sesame that I got was, uh, Gladys the cow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. And yes. that was probably season like 34 or 35, somewhere in there. Um, and then... Yeah. I auditioned for and got Mama Bear of Goldilocks and the Three Bears fame. I was, you know, the third or fourth gal to play that character. Um, and then, and then I just, but I, even, even with that, I just sort of kept trundling along as a day player. So they'd bring me in a day here, yeah. a day there. There was no, you know, I wasn't like part of the whole, the full-time ensemble, full-time such as it, whatever that means. We only shoot like six or seven weeks out of the year but you know uh so that that didn't come my way until uh 2015 
when I auditioned for Zoe um, and got very lucky and am so grateful. Uh, uh, so that was my long journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> long and various journey to Sesame Street. <laughs> Quite a journey, I'll say. Quite a journey. Yeah. Quite and, a and as journey. you said, definitely different from other interviews we've had where people talk about how oh, they like started on Sesame Street. But that, that's yeah. cool. That's cool though. Yeah. You already yeah. had all these other projects under your belt. Lots of detours. Well, and, and the thing is, I mm -hmm. feel very I, I, I feel badly for young and up up and coming puppet, puppeteers now. Because at the time that I was just starting to enter the field, there were so many other shows that were filming. So mm -hmm. many. Oh yeah. Yes. So if you weren't working on Sesame, you could still cut your teeth and learn your craft in these other ways and these other opportunities. Right. And now, I mean, since I started working regularly on Sesame, there was Julie's Green Room mm. uh, for mm -hmm. Netflix with Julie Andrews, which was great. And one yes. of my favorite characters I've ever done ever, Riley, little tech, little tech girl, Riley. I loved her. Uh, and, and Helpsters. Mm. Um, but yep. other than that, there's been not a lot of stuff shooting on the east coast mm. Mm. except oh, low max the hound of music there was that for a while that was mm -hmm. another that was another surf and styles project oh yes um, oh yeah they're great mississippi yes yes and i know that you talked to those gentlemen for your 100th episode and yes, yes we did yes, yes we, we did, did. Yes, That's indeed. well done yes thank yes, you yes. thank you Thanks. thank you all one big happy puppet family. I love it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes, that's for sure. So I'm kind of curious, are there any Sesame Street episodes, inserts, or specials that you're a part of that kind of like stick out as some of your favorites? Oh, wow. That's a great question. After a while, they all kind of blur together, you know? Um, but But my first... I mean, one that stands out very much for me was my first full episode with Gladys. Because, um, it was, again, it was my first time taking a, a character that was more... I mean, Grandma Snuffleupagus was wonderful, but she basically just came in at the end of the episode, had a little couple things to say with Snuffy, and that was it. Uh, but for Gladys, and knowing the legacy, you know, the late, great Richard Hunt, and, and stepping into those shoes um, for this character, I remembered walking on, on set with her and the room became silent it was it was such an, an incredible feeling there was so much love in the room for the character uh so much love in the room for people who had known and worked with richard uh it was it was almost like it was a moment of silence it was beautiful and yeah. i remember sort of feeling a, a little weight settle on me like okay you you've just shouldered some responsibility here so you got to live up to this um and it was a karaoke episode karaoke episode oh as, yeah as gladys would say um, the karaoke episode yeah um and yeah. and at every instance gladys runs up to the mic to sing something and, and alan says okay no no not yet it's not your turn <laughs> yet gladys thank you very much yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and it was mm -hmm. a, a nighttime scene in the arbor and everybody was at little cafe tables. And I remember, I remember at one point sort of resting and it was, it was a long stretch where we're all sort of crammed under these tables. And I remember at one point lying on my back with Gladys resting on my chest and looking up at the grid and the lights and everything and, and just shaking my head and going, how is this my life? How did this happen? 
and 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 just having that the magic of sesame street hit me so hard in that moment um so yeah that 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 was a, a very special day and a very special episode for me um uh-huh. yeah yeah uh oh gosh man it it really is it really all does become like one gigantic blur of experiences i mean they're they're more snapshots than episodes they're more they're more moments of laughing so hard with my friends <laughs> laugh just just laughing um making each other laugh the the making the crew laugh with with what whatever happens with your characters or and, and whatnot um yeah it's there's no place in the world like it there really isn't huh. uh well one of one of my favorite uh sesame street specials that you worked on which had a lot of wonderful celebrity guests was elmo's christmas countdown yes oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's great that's a wonderful special. Yes. It's a yes. good show yes. it's a good special that was very very fun yeah i'm, I'm kind of curious what did you do like what uh which celebrities did did you work with if you remember well, the sad thing is I only was in for the day. That was back when I was still a day player and they just mm. brought me in to do uh, the mama bear stuff with the bear oh, okay. family. And uh. that was it. Like oh. I, I, I was in, did the scene, then they wrapped me. So I didn't get to work <laughs> with any of the celebrities. Oh, <laughs> Damn, I was like, so... oh man. <laughs> No fair. Uh, it's funny. It I kind of like well, it it does, and it's funny. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt the same way about the fiftieth anniversary special. Oh yeah. Because yeah. at the same time mm-hmm. that that was filming, Helpsters was filming, and when we first agreed upon the schedule for Helpsters and said, "Yeah, we're we're going to be doing this," yet we knew that there was potential crossover for some things. But they said, "Oh, don't worry. We'll make sure that you're clear to do the 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 special." that turned out not to be the case and so even though i've got characters who are throughout that special i only worked for a half a day on that show so i did one thing and it was with um oh gosh oh gosh it's gonna bother me now oh oh god i cannot remember her name every it was by the piano uh something about the party and everybody it was Nora yes. Jones of course yes. of course that lady you know the one I had directed <laughs> the same, <laughs> the same, like, like a month later oh my god anyway um yeah so I was there that day and that was that was a pretty fun day that nice was great. Yeah. nice yeah, 50th anniversary yeah special. It's, I, it's, it's amazing oh yeah I, I think my favorite days are the ones where we're all in because yes. so mm-hmm. many of the episodes and 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 things are, have all been you know sort of whittled down to smaller characters to really be able to focus in on them, which makes total sense. But my favorite days are when everybody's there. I mean, yeah. there was yeah. there was something that we were shooting. Oh gosh, I think it was one of the specials. I think it was one of the first specials. It might have been, it might have been the 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 follow that wand, um, the that HBO special. Or it might have been something else. I cannot remember, but it was something where Snuffy was. Uh, oh, you know what? I think it actually was a commercial. I think it might have been a commercial for something. I can't remember now, but I just remember that we were in Manhattan. We were down in like down in Tribeca or like the Wall Street area or something, and Snuffy 
had to get from one side over to where we were filming, but there wasn't a lot of room over where we were filming. So they, they had <clears> dressed <throat> Marty and Bryant Young, uh, the back half of Snuffy, in, in Snuffy. And then they had to kind of parade him through the streets of Manhattan to get to where he needed to go. Huh. And Marty, I mean, I can tell you, I've also been the back, I've been the been in the backside of of Snuffy once when they threw Marty and Snuffy into something at the last second. Bryant wasn't available. I was I was around. M- Marty was like, You're getting come on, you've been in the front half. Now it's your turn to get in the back half. And I was like, Oh, okay, fine. So I, I got the back half. And when Marty is in Snuffy, he is fearless and fast. He takes off at a full run. And you had better keep up. So <laughs> I did. But so so I was fortunately in this instance out on the streets of Manhattan, I was not in the back half of him, but I was able to observe as Snuffy basically tears across the street. Everybody, everybody stops, traffic stops, people are getting out their phones, trying to get pictures and video, going, Oh my god, it's a snuffy sighting in Manhattan. It's crazy. <laughs> so that was a very very fun uh experience getting to see that <laughs> uh-huh. yeah so so i'm kind of curious now with with zoe is it okay if we hear a little bit of her voice <clears throat> well i'm not warmed up <laughs> no no worries. you can warm up first and then no do it. yeah it's okay oh, oh gosh wow it's been a long day i did a lot of talking earlier today but it's okay Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, Zoe. Hi, Zoe. Zoe. Hi. It's good to be here. Uh, Oh, awesome. It's definitely not Franz. My vocal architecture, I mean, listen to me. I I sing tenor, okay? My vocal architecture is not one that allows me to get as high in pitch as, as Fran was able to do. And she was she was incredible. She was incredible with Zoe. Uh, so that also felt very much like, oh my gosh, these are gigantic shoes to fill. But I'll, I'll do the yeah. best I can. And for, mm-hmm. for the, when when you when you're fortunate enough to be able to uh, take over the stewardship of a legacy character, and I'm sure you've heard right. other performers that you've talked to, like you know, like, mm-hmm. like, like example like Kevin Clash and then Ryan Dillon, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's this you you feel this onus, you feel this responsibility to honor what has been, mm-hmm. but at some point, you kind of have to let it go because otherwise, then it becomes something that that stifles your creativity, as opposed to you know. So you you have to layer it in as a foundation, and then find a place from which you can sort of grow and adapt and and grow with the character. And it took me at least five years before I felt I felt that I felt like I had more of a sense of of a sort of ownership with with Zoe. Oh. Uh, it, it took it took me a while and I'm still learning a lot about her. I'm still discovering things with her. I I'm 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 I, I kind of play her older than her age, which I need to I need to. I need to try to remember to dial it back um, when I can. Oftentimes, that the, the the quick fix for that is, you know, well, make it higher in pitch to make it sound younger. But again, as we've discovered, I can't do that. So I have to try to find other ways for that to happen. Whether it's a breathing pattern, where whether she mm-hmm. breathes more frequently, or just the ways in which she phrases things. Uh, uh. That that continue that continues to be. Uh, 
a challenge for me as I continue to grow and develop with her. Cause that's the thing is we're all, right. we're all always still, you know, just, just learning about it. something, you know? Yeah. 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 It's all part of the process. So yeah. Yep. Even, even if you're, if um like, like if um like, like performing my material, you know, is doing the same character for like a decade or anything, you know, they're still learning, and you know, absolutely. I don't think we ever stop. I, I mean, ideally, ideally mm -hmm. we never stop learning. No. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, I feel like what you're doing with Zoe, I feel like you're doing a great job. You know, keep on, oh, yeah. on like to see oh, what, what friends you. been done. Absolutely. That wow. means a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah of course. That. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's, she's great. She's, yeah, she's I love her. She's quirky. Character. She's she's my little oddball. I love her. She's <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So now, uh, moving on from Sesame Street, we talked about it um, more towards the beginning. But another one of your longest running puppeteering jobs is on Between the Lions, as Cleo and various other like monkeys and other uh, characters. What, what overall, what was it like working on that show? Wow. Uh, if I could still be doing Between the Lions. I would love to still be doing Between the Lions. I mean, part of it is it's, you know, you, you never forget your first love, right? And and even though yeah. one, even the Once Upon a Tree was the thing where I learned to do this thing, it wasn't until Between the Lions that I really felt like everything was opening up for me. And I so loved the ensemble of performers that I was working with. And I so loved the curriculum. And I so loved what I got to do with the character. And I got to do a lot of outreach uh with her um oh yeah yeah when uh be, after the second or third season uh of between the lions now the nea was still very much looking or, or we were applying to them for a lot of our funding you know corporation for public broadcasting and the nea right. and they kept saying well you know we need to know that this curriculum works we need we need evidence-based research here so we said well okay uh uh, well, how can we how can we find this? So we targeted two uh, communities in Mississippi that had uh, low reading scores, where that really could use you know the benefit of our curriculum to help improve. We picked one community uh, that was in Phil Philadelphia, Mississippi, and another community that was part of the Choctaw Nation. So it was a bilingual community. Um. Uh, so it was great to be able to explore, you know, it, where it's one language, but also where, where two languages are spoken in, in the home and, and in the school sometimes. Um, so uh, we knew that we needed to do this testing. So they had created these two pilot programs in order to test and see how the scores went. And I remember they reached out to me and I think they only reached out to me because I was the only one who wasn't working at the time. And they said, we'd love for one of the performers to come down just so that, you know, the teachers who we're going to be teaching this curriculum to can get a sense of the characters, et cetera, et cetera. So would you be willing to do that? And I said, oh, that sounds great. They said, yeah, you know, we'll basically just have you bring Cleo out after lunch. You get everybody on their feet. You sing a song with them and then that'll be it. But then as I started to get down there, I got really immersed in the curriculum that they were teaching. And they said, well, actually, we could use the extra pair of hands. Would you conduct some some breakout groups to work with teachers to help them with sort of expressive reading. I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. That's great. So I ended up becoming a part facilitator as well for this program. And it, it, was, uh -oh. it was incredible. Um, so we did this whole pilot program over the course of an academic semester. Kids scores improved by over 30%. Wow. 
Wow. That's crazy. Oh my God. So we took this finding back to the NEA and CPB and said, look, this, this works. And they went, yeah, but you don't have terribly good ratings. So we're not going to fund you anyway. So it looked like season three was going to be the end of Between the Lions. Now, as, as to finish out this pilot program, we had agreed that we would go down for a final presentation. You know, we would do a performance for the teachers and the schools and the kids. And they, they did, the Choctaw Nation did performances for us. They actually gave Cleo a, a, a beaded medallion that they had made saying that she was now part of their tribe. Oh, um, wow. It's, oh. it's amazing. So, so it was this incredible flowering of this relationship and the affiliates, the MPB, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, that affiliates, they were so kind hosting us, making everything happen, facilitating everything. And at the end of this, you know, we're sort of doing the, the wrap up and they said, well, thank you so much. This has made such a difference in our communities. When can we expect more? And we said, you can't, we, we don't have any more funding. And they went, whoa, 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 wait, after all this, really? No, 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 This is too important to let die. Listen, if we become your fundraising partners, will you allow us to co-produce future seasons of Between the Lions with the caveat that you filmed down here so that our crews can get, you know, can, can work and we can, we can grow it with our local uh, studio that we have and our local talent. We said, if, if, if you raise the money, we'll shoot it wherever you want. We'll shoot it in somebody's backyard. We don't care. And, <laughs> and they approached the governor and they turned around and they they raised something like a million dollars. Wow. Said, okay. What um, can we do? So for the next seven seasons of Between the Lions, we filmed in Mississippi. Seasons four through ten. So I guess four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh now, granted, sometimes a season was only five episodes. Mm-hmm. But we still managed and we, yeah. you know, and, and in our 10th season on the, on the air, we actually won the Emmy for best preschool series. Wow. Hey. So oh. it was a nice, it was a nice little, you know, so long and thanks for all the fish kind of moment. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lovely feather, a lovely feather in the cap though. And something, yes. something that we could all be very proud of. So yeah. So, so man, so we spent so much time down in Mississippi. I, I, I'd sort of started to think of it as my Southern home. It was, and, and I'm still in touch with some of the people that I met down there. Um, oh, Carrie nice. Horn, who's a wonderful puppeteer uh, and performer and writer as well, uh, who lives down there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a really wonderful experience top to bottom. Uh, oh yes. That's definitely, that's for sure. Fantastic. So do you have any favorite Between the Lions episodes or segments? Oh, you know, uh, th- most of the songs. Uh, I really oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, first, the first song that was written for Cleo was Shush, the SH song. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. came uh-huh. out, uh, I remembered at one point in early on developing the, the characters. This is the other thing that never happened to me before or since. Once I was told I was cast for Between the Lions, at first I was not told that I was cast as Cleo. I was told that I was cast as part of the ensemble. And we spent one week workshopping, reading scripts, trying different pairings, trying different characters, different relationships, different dynamics. 
so we did that for a week. And then at the end of that week, they basically said, okay, now we know how we want to cast it. We know who fits where in this ensemble of players, which was great. Um, yeah. So, uh, and and in earlier incarnations, Kathy Mullen had said to me, yes, I think Cleo is a retired opera singer. <laughs> I went, that sounds great. I don't have those pipes, but that sounds great. Sounds real fun. <laughs> but I, I'm just telling you right now, I, I, I'm not I'm not an opera singer, Kathy. She said, oh, that's great. If you're bad, it's even better. I went, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Oh my gosh. But, uh, well, we'll see. So I remember going over to the composer's apartment, uh, Paul Jacobs and Sarah Durkee. Oh, yeah. Uh, beautiful singing songwriting team. And uh, they, so so Paul's getting my range. And he said, okay, so so whereabouts do you lay? And I said, listen, I have almost a three octave range, but the bottom octave is entirely useless to me as a woman. So if you want to play with that, we can play with that. So he's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, you do live a little on the lower end of the keyboard. Okay, fine. And as I, as I was leaving, he said, well, thanks so much for making the effort to come to the apartment. And I said, oh, sure, you know, no problem. And I had my hand on the doorknob ready to leave. And I just turned and I said, to them, you know, I'd really love it if Cleo did a torch song and then just left. And they told, Sarah told me later that, that as the doors closed, their heads snapped up and they looked at each other. They ran over to the piano and they wrote Shush in about 10 minutes. Wow. What? What? They just wrote it right then and there. And I was like, oh, so. That quick. Yeah. Just just ten minutes. Wow. Well, wow. I mean, I mean, ten minutes might be slight yeah. hyperbole, but they they wrote it instantly. And, yeah, I mean, That's such wow. phenomenally talented wow. people. They wow. such phenomenal talents. So I was gifted that fabulous song, and from there came some other blues songs and jazz. I, I always love singing blues and jazz. Yes, and, there were a lot and, of great blues yes. and jazz songs with Cleo. Yeah, yes, and the country songs. The country yeah. songs were fun too. Oh yes, yes. So yeah, yeah. Oh God, I love I loved all of those, and I also that this I remember one time we were filming uh something. The the what's cooking segments were always yes. Oh, oh my gosh, holy. that sucked. <laughs> oh, oh, that it was it was oh it yes. was something. I'm amazed they let us get away with it. Really? <laughs> yeah. So are we as viewers? Yeah. Yeah. He, clearly. Yeah, yeah, because you know. You know, when we interviewed both Christopher and Norman, Chris had told, told us, you know, that originally, like, it says something that they didn't want to do the segment originally because it was too, you know, yeah, yeah. but then they want, yeah. To, yeah. But they want to keep that segment, so... Okay. It. <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's, a, it's a fun segment. It's I a love very it. fun yeah. segment. I kept pitching that we should do a cookbook. I was like, we should do a cookbook for that would have been, Oh, that would have been, been so been cool. cool. Yeah. You know? yeah. That would have been really Fun cool. In the Kitchen with yeah. Cleo. In the Kitchen with Cleo, Volume 1. Oh, oh that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, my. Were... That, that would have been good. That would have been a hit, naughty. too. Yeah, I, I yeah. think so. But, yeah. but I always like to refer to Between the Lions because whenever I've spoken about it with people, uh, then up to now, if if you weren't in the sweet spot of that age, if you, if you were not a, a kid growing up watching it, like the one uh, about five or six years ago, I was doing a, a I was coaching a, produ a university production of, of Avenue Q 
doing, you know, doing the puppet coaching. And they said, well, while you're here, you know, our students who are working with you are getting the benefit of you being here, but would you mind doing sort of a, a, a guest artist lecture or, or a talk or something for the rest of the department? And I'm like, oh yeah, I totally would be happy to do it. And I was talking a bit about, you know, how I sort of came to be. And I said, and I worked on this little show called Between the Lines and everyone in the room screamed. And I went, oh, you all know it? You all know the show? Oh, I'm so happy because if you weren't, an, if you were not an educator or a parent of kids who were that dem in, in that sweet spot, or if you weren't a kid yourself, you've never heard of the show. I love to call Between the Lions the best children's television show you've probably never heard of. Now, everyone in this, now, now my, my wonderful company of, of hosts here on this podcast, you all know <laughs> it. Most of the people who listen to your podcast know the show. Yes. But, average right. john q public person i mean they know reading rainbow mm -hmm. they, similar curriculum out the same time yeah of course they know mm -hmm. that but yeah. between right. the lines was something that just kind of slipped between the cracks for a lot of people but definitely still near and dear to my heart definitely there's a lot of good ones i, I remember a song uh that that was like really early on was the song you did uh shooting stars i think it's called yeah oh, the mighty star line yeah mighty star that was actually I think, oh it's so beautiful it's one of the oh, first songs yes. i think we recorded i think that's one of the really first. yeah because i remembered being uh in in the it was one day first at song. beat street studios it was one of the first ones that we as an ensemble recorded because it was a very early episode what? uh at least that's my recollection of it because i oh. it was my first time working with paul jacobs because he was of course mm -hmm. music directing us and that was my first time working with him in the booth and i remembered hearing I remember hearing all the different performers working on their harmony lines uh, for that particular song because there's mm -hmm. it, it's really blossoms nicely at the end, and I that's that's a singular memory memory for me from that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's such a such a great episode as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. One yeah. episode I remember I remember a lot. Yeah. It's such great great episode. I mean, yeah. There's so many great episodes. The show itself, honestly. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's... It does my heart good. <laughs> I, actually, I actually, um, I, I brought Cleo out into, I, I, about in 2019, 18, 19, I did my first, uh, ever one woman cabaret. Uh, and it was talking about my journey through, you know, puppetry, et cetera. Yeah, and like 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 we 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 were doing you as know? we've been doing here, but I was doing it. I was doing it in song or with <laughs> song, accompanied by song, and uh, and I had Cleo with me, and uh, she sang "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Lion." Oh, oh wow! Oh. I loved that relationship. I loved the Theo and Cleo relationship, and I remember oh, yes. one yes. time when we were filming that uh, we were filming something, and at the end of the scene. Uh, Theo and Cleo did a little nosy, nosy, nosy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we finished it, and and it, it, this we were shooting on the third floor at Kaufman Astoria Studios while Sesame was shooting uh, on the first floor. And Marty had run upstairs at one point just to just sort of watch us film. He was on a break, and we finished the nosy, 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 and and they said cut, and Marty ran up and said, are you guys always that affectionate at the end of a scene? He said, <laughs> we said yes. Yeah, yes, we are, Marty. Oh, 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 yes. Uh, 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 oh, why? Why? Yes. 
And and he said, good. It's so rare to see parents in love on television. Uh-uh. And I thought that was Aww. really sweet. He said, it is so rare it's to true. see parents who love each other so actively. He said, that that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that sentiment yes. was echoed by Mr. Rogers. We uh, him. Wow. We got to meet him one of our times at the White House. He was there. I think it was really. Oh. Oh my goodness. And he oh. talked about what a fan he was of the show and how much he loved our relationship. Oh my gosh. Oh. What? Oh my gosh. Oh wow. That's oh, great. Uh, Mr. Rogers, he's, uh, he's, he's yeah. amazing. No one can. No one can be like him ever. Honestly, like he's nope. And yeah, I th- and Mr. Rogers, I think, was probably, I think, the very first uh, kids show that PBS did. Yeah. Because I, I think, think it came so. like yeah, a year then, or two then before Sesame, Sesame Street. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, what about, yeah. What, oh, yeah, because Captain Kangaroo was on something else, right? Yeah, yeah. Captain Kangaroo, yeah. I think, was CBS, I think. Yeah, I so think Mr. Rogers, right. I think, launched, you know, the future kind of, of PBS, you know, with kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If Mr. Rogers wasn't, Mr. Rogers wasn't even a thing, you know. Yeah. yeah no. no, we all stand on his shoulders. Seriously. Definitely. Seriously. Such a such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. Mm-hmm. So going back with Between the Lions, with a very curriculum based show, how important do you think it is to have a show that kids can learn from while watching the show? Oh, well, it's what's so great is that it was a very curriculum based show for sure, but we never felt uh, that it, it got in the way of character or relationship or story or humor. Um, there were so many things in that show, I feel like, that were humorous for adults. Um, and and I, think that, I think that it is an important balancing act to have, to be able to have curriculum. Again, absolutely, that's the foundation, that's the core, but... Mm-hmm it's it's also delightful to be able to uh to have fully realized relationships and characters that, that yeah. can sort of riff on it but uh, yeah i never felt like we were hamstrung by the curriculum uh you know it, it just felt like a, a great place from which to explore so many different things i love that we did a shakespeare episode oh we yeah a shakespeare yeah. episode yeah. yes like 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 that's know, that's that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Gotta try to dig it out. I've, I've I've got all of these things on VHS somewhere, and I gotta try to get some of them digitized because there's just some ep- that episode in particular was was pretty incredible. Well, so much of that season was kind of uh, there were so many different things that we did. We really got to celebrate other forms of puppetry and other puppet artists. We had Hugo and Inez yeah. on as guests. We had Albrecht Roser, brilliant German marionettist on. We had uh, Sal Macri and the Sicilian marionettes on. Um, it was it was wonderful in that second. I can't remember if that was season two or three, but it was wonderful to have a forum uh, that allowed other puppet arts forms to be explored. Uh, I Definitely. thought that was I thought that was a nice that was that was a mission that um, I think was near and dear to to Kathy to Kathy Mullen. And, uh-huh. uh, and and did, uh-huh. did quite beautifully. So yeah. Oh yeah, it's 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 great. Um, so before I can um start talking about another another thing that you also of course worked on. Um, <laughs> I want to mention about um the we are family 
and music video. Oh, yes. Yes, it's it was amazing. If all if all those shows come to one, even like we're happy with with um, with Barney and Bear did like oh, other yeah. yeah yeah oh it was, yeah it was so weird. Wait a minute, where's do I have this photo handy? I do. I, I, I do. actually actually have a DVD of this. So. Oh gosh, no wait. This is this is a photo. And she's about to one up you. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, this is a photo from when we because we were shooting one of the things that we shot. It was Leona and Telly and Cleo on a boat. We were wow. Oh. It's and it's only it only what? shows up for maybe for maybe like five seconds of the song, quite literally. I don't even I'm not even sure they used any of the footage, but it was Telly Leona and 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 Cleo, and it was the strangest pairing. We're like, well, okay, I guess we're all we're all on the circle line, whatever. Oh my god. And it was so cold. Uh, and I remembered asking, uh, it was such a beautiful day though. And I remembered saying, can somebody, would somebody please, and it might've been Marty. I might've asked Marty to do this. I can't remember. Uh, might've been Heather Ash. It might've been Heather, might've been oh. Pam. I can't remember. But I, 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 uh, I asked somebody to hold Cleo up so that we could take this photo from the boat with the Manhattan skyline behind us. Oh, I don't think you can see it. Can you see it? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my oh, God. There you go. Oh. Oh. We're doing our own nosy, nosy, nosy. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's great. If, you, if you're listening oh, on the God. audio version, just switch to the video version. It'll be better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll actually be able to see the nosy, nosy, nosy. <laughs> you'll be actually be able to see yes. it. Or, or I can scan and send it to you. <laughs> that works. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. That works. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We could just show it. Yeah, there we go. Why, just like that. Look at that. Like why that. why I'm pitching myself that that I tell you be like, oh we don't clearly on that. We do I don't I don't even know what a nosy nose nosy is. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Completely. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah, that was it was very random. It was very random. But you're like, okay, all, all of these worlds are colliding. This is fun. Like it comes oh, like yeah. a full it comes like a full circle. You know? Yeah, having yeah. Bear and Big Bird and and Barney, I like the three big bees, all in yeah. the same yes. shot was crazy yes. pants. It it was crazy. Oh my god. It was yeah. Really fun. You know, all of us we were, we're also, you know, big Barney fans and you know bear fans on the oh, yeah. of course oh, yeah. and a lot of things so for yeah. that even to happen we're just like i know how that even happen that, that's Mine's literally like the, that's really like the once yeah. in a lifetime thing that's 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 like the marvel of children's television that and kids for character oh yeah oh yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah. oh yeah and uh muppet yeah. family christmas as well well muppet, yeah muppet family christmas was like 87 though yeah, yeah that was but like big bird bear and barney i think for yeah. the longest time were like three of the most like well-known like kind of mascot characters yes. on yes yeah the walk around <laughs> on yeah. children's television yeah, yeah. oh Definitely. my gosh yeah and, yeah and we also have um also, we recently have a pam marciero on yes. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. Had her on yeah Yes, yeah. and she and yeah, she did actually bring Leona. Yes, yes, yes she did. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, she did. Oh. It was so sweet. Yeah. she was. I remember she was. I remember she was like, "Hi, Jakey. Hi, Chris. Hi, Matt." Yes. <laughs> can uh, we uh, post post production? Can we get a flashback clip on that? Yes. You don't mind. <laughs> yes. Hi. Hi, Leona. Hi, Leona. Oh my gosh. Hi. Who are you guys in there? 
Hi, Chris. Hi, Matt. Hi. Hi, Leona. How are you? Hi. Pretty good. I'm a little dusty. She didn't really prepare me for this. I'm sorry. Oh. Wow. How are you, Leona? I'm good. I wish it was out more, but mostly she had to dig me out of a bag. Oh. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. She's, oh my gosh, you're. Pam's yeah. great. Pam's yeah. the best. Pam Pam's is. Wonderful. Oh my gosh! Pam I was, the interesting really thing is I was... now. Here's here's a little a little known fact. Right. Uh, is that they had originally when when they were looking at doing between the lions, they wanted to reassemble the Allegra's window family. So. Oh really? That was huh. in that was the seed in Kathy's mind as they were developing between the lions. They were like, okay, so we'll. You know, we'll have we'll have Anthony and Kathy as the siblings, and we'll have Marty and Pam as mom and dad. And I that was oh. I think that was uh. their plan. But because wow. because uh, the their the, the and it would have worked for their schedule when they were originally going to shoot, and it has often happens, especially right. when a show is just starting to you know mm. going off the ground. Mm. Sometimes things get pushed back. So their production timetable got pushed back and conflicted with Sesame Street. It was not originally supposed to conflict with Sesame Street, but it ended up becoming so. So Pam and Marty couldn't do it because they're like, we've got Sesame, we can't do it. So if that doesn't happen, then I don't have an opportunity to audition for Cleo. Mm. So... And and it's it's and then and then to come full circle and have Pam becoming my daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, and then and, yeah. then and then Pierre Lens, you know, Theo. Yeah, exactly. yeah Pierre is also great yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With Tutter and all those, all those oh, yeah. things. Oh I know. Yes. It's, it's funny. Yes. It's so brilliant. Yep. So so moving on to Playhouse Disney, you you puppeteer on the show The Book of Pooh. What was that what was that kind of like, like working with a different style of puppets than what you normally work with? It was it was intense. It was uh yeah. quite a challenge. Um and I had I had done minimal tabletop or uh Americu, I guess, uh or the sort of the sort of bastardized American version of Boonraku. Um uh, I had done a little bit of it in in a theatrical setting before, but never uh, never on a shoot like this. And where they were digitally compositing the background behind us as it was happening in real time, that was the first time that had happened, to my knowledge. That was, I think, that was the first time I I'd, first time I'd ever shot in an environment like that. Um, but what was great about it was you had your team. So so I was on the head of OWL and I worked with the late John Pavlik uh, and I worked with Robin Walsh uh, um, and Amanda Maddock also would occasionally swing in on, on wings and stuff. So we, but we were sort of the core of team OWL. And mm. what was wonderful was they had a rehearsal room for us. So we had a, a table and a mirror and the, the, the show was, because the show was pre-recorded, uh, in a way, the nice part, the nice aspect of that was that I got to focus much more on purely manipulation. So mm. how do I best interpret the the sounds and the emotion and the intention that I'm hearing in the radio play that is the, the pre-recorded track? 
Um, and so when we would have to approach a scene, I, uh, my team and I would go into the rehearsal room and I'd say, okay, I, as a head to toe human being, I'm going to sort of act out what I envision I'm hearing as, you know, how I would act out what I'm hearing as part of the, the uh, pre-recorded track. And we're just going to use that as a skeletal structure, just so we have a place that we're all sort of coming from. But because we are a team, I want everybody's input. If you have something better than than what I'm showing as a possible example, bring it. We'll try it. Let's workshop it. Let's figure it out here in the rehearsal room before we get out onto the set. Uh, so that proved very valuable and was a really, really fun collaborative way to work with the other puppeteers so that everybody got to feel like they were part of this character, you know, and, and got to sort of pitch character ideas and and a movement vocabulary that worked for the character and, and for everybody. Yeah. So, so that was yeah. pretty fun. It was a different way to work, uh, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Definitely. Definitely. And awesome. Jakey, did, didn't you binge watch yeah, the yeah, Book, Book of Pooh yeah, I, I on can't... Disney Plus? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, how funny. Yeah, it was... Way to go, Jakey. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it wasn't show. available until relatively recently. Is that yeah? True? It's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If I can tell the the show is doing is kind of like you know, challenging, like where you said, because you have to wear all the the, the green screen outfits and yeah, because like, each character outfits. took like three puppeteers to yeah for all them. Yeah, yeah. it oh was gosh. challenging, and the, and you'll see. I mean, it it was limiting because of it. Because <laughs> anytime anyone walked, they always did a sort of weird sidestep. They couldn't really walk and then walk like this because somebody's green sleeve would cut into the body and you'd end up with a disembodied foot or something. So <laughs> if you look close, look back at the episodes and everyone's sort of doing this weird little sidestep. No one can actually cross their legs. <laughs> now, on the subject of Disney, what was it like uh, playing Miss Maxwell on Bear in the Big Blue House? Oh, that was fun. Uh, again... There are so many times that me just having the voice that I have is right. Th the fact I, I I remembered saying, so what character do you want for this? And they were like, we just kind of want you to sing in a big old, you know, this tiny little mouse with this big old voice. Uh, so it was great fun to to get to mm. to play that with uh, with this tiny little mouse character in that little oh, yes, world. Yeah. Yes, yes, Mrs. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. She's she's great. I feel like she, I feel like I feel like she's a great teacher for for the series. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had a great time. <clears throat> yes, and um, one of my favorite songs that you Miss Maxwell sang for the series is probably "It Takes All Kinds." Yes. Oh my god. Yes. I don't remember that off the top of my head. It's a part of the beautiful plan. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And and yeah, and yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Okay, wow, wow, and it's funny because music is the stuff I usually remember. I still remember, I still remember songs from Once Upon a Tree, which is weird. But uh, <laughs> so that's usually the way my brain remembers things. But I right until you started singing it, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't quite pull that one out. Like, oh yeah, that song. Yeah, oh, that's that right. The whole last season of Bears cool too, because they um oh, yeah. in the first three seasons was mostly just like the main characters, but then they expanded it, you know, with Woodland Valley and all these other new characters like you know Mouse School and uh, mm -hmm. oh gosh, 
it's been a long time but but anyway yeah they they you know brought in a bunch of new characters and i think it was great for them to do that and i think they also went to a different uh studio to film during that last year i think so yeah chelsea peers yes we shot chelsea peers that that's right yes right nice nice so, so I know, Matt, this next question is one that you've definitely been waiting to ask mm-hmm. for. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. In addition to working with puppets on TV, you also puppeteered on the musical Avenue Q. Yes, uh, in, in case you can't see, this is the uh, original soundtrack. We also have a we also have a book here. I don't know if you know there was a book oh, that came out. Don't take it out of the plastic cover. It will shed everywhere. It is, oh, you, oh, you know about the fur. Furriest, it is the oh, you, furriest, oh, you, orangest book you've ever seen. Yes, I think it matches. I think it, it matches me. You know, <laughs> you know, um, you know. I th- we had, had uh, Mike Peterson on recently, and he said that uh, he he thought I should he, he thought I shouldn't do the book. Like it, it matches me perfectly. It really does. For those wondering, the the book came out in two thousand six. Yeah, the book came oh out in 2006, but the musical was in 2003. 20 yes. years ago. 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Now, now, for those who don't know, Jennifer uh, originated the roles of Miss Thistletwat and the bad, one of the bad idea bears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the audition process like for Avenue Q? Well, I was very, very lucky. Uh, I was extraordinarily lucky. Because at the time it was, it had been workshopped at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center, uh, mm-hmm. and they knew they wanted to move off Broadway after doing that workshop. And I think I probably auditioned alongside maybe seven or eight other people. The odds will never be that good again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, and I remembered. It had been so long since I'd gone into audition for a musical as as a as a human as a person that I sort of forgot how it happened. Now, when you audition for musical, if when you audition for any puppet show on television, and there's a musical element, they say, "Can you sing?" and you say, "Yes," and then you sing a song for them. They say, "Okay, sing something," and you sing something a cappella for them, mm-hmm. whatever you feel like in the moment. So I remember as I was headed to the audition, I was a little excited, I was a little nervous. And I was like, okay, I wonder what I feel like singing. I don't know, maybe I'll sing Blue Skies. That's always kind of fun. It's got a decent range to it. That's fun. So Mm -hmm. I get there and I'm sort of debating it in my head and I'm sitting out in the hall and I'm waiting. And uh, Rick Lyon comes out, who's of course there helping facilitate his as the puppet designer and builder and captain in in a sense, you know, of, of that process. He was part of the audition process and he'd known the composers from way back, even before Avenue Q was a thing. So he was very much part mm-hmm. of the creative team. Mm-hmm. And he came out to sort of say, hey, before I went in and he looked around and he looked at my bag and my chair and he said, so where's your sheet music for the accompanist? And I went, oh, crap, that's how this happens. That's how you do this. Oh, my God. It's been so long <laughs> since I've auditioned for a musical. I forgot you're supposed to have sheet music. <laughs> <laughs> so i walk in i walk in and i approach the pianist and i said hi i i don't have any sheet music i'm i'm so sorry i um hey do you know ain't misbehaving and he said yeah i said maybe we could do that i'm gonna guess f the key of f can you play me the bridge if it's an F. 
And he played the bridge, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can sing that. I can sing that. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say, like, four-bar intro. About like this, maybe? I guess. I don't know. And now, the only reason that I thought to go over and talk to him that way is because my brother, who we established earlier, is a ragtime piano player. I've been singing in piano bars ever since I was like 10 or 11. So I just walked up to him as if he were somebody, somebody in a piano bar. And I was like, hey, can you play this song in this key, I guess? All right, let's try it. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. So that was my audition for the singing part hmm. of Avenue Q. Uh, then they had me do a scene, uh, I believe, with Mrs. Thistletwant. And then they wanted me to uh, partner with Rick. So they okay. wanted to see how they wanted to see how we worked together as Nikki, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, Rick Line, he's also a previous guest as yeah. well. Rick's yes. a previous yeah. guest. And he brought out Nikki for that. I was yeah. surprised. Oh yeah. yeah. He did. He did. That's and, and then and, and then and then he and then he told Jakey that he could be his father. Because <laughs> Jakey <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. You gotta keep in mind, folks, Jakey was born in two thousand four. So yeah. he was. So he yeah. was yeah, born exactly. after Avenue <laughs> Yeah. So me and Matt compared, were two thousand. So even though we were very we were little, we were born before it. <laughs> yeah, Chris and I were born in two thousand, and that 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 threw me, that threw me off guard. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, reeling because I have shoes older than all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? Oh <laughs> uh, no, crazy. you got you you got a flashback, didn't you? Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm a, I'm gonna oh save God. that for I, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna save that though because it's completely off. Topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's off topic and has to do with my family. I'm gonna save that for another time though. <laughs> Uh, unless you, unless you, unless you folks want to hear it in like a bonus, we'll we'll let you folks. Yeah. We'll let you folks. We'll let you folks. We'll let you folks ponder on that one. Yeah, yes. we'll let you viewers ponder yeah. on that one. Yeah, that's crazy. But yes, Nikki could be could be your dad. Wish you laugh that way. Um, so so I, I think I think I think honestly the reason I think I got the role is because uh, I think I was probably the tallest gal to audition for it, and so my leg uh. stride matched Rick's crossing the stage. Mm. I think I think it was I I mean maybe it was more than that but I think I think that might have been it. But uh now also what helped is that Rick and I had worked together for years and years and years before ever setting foot on Avenue Q and in fact when I was talking earlier and said that by the time I got to Between the Lions I was very fluent in lip sync from having done live performances with puppets in that way because mm-hmm. I worked with Rick on, with his troupe, the Lion Puppets, and we would go and do live shows because we worked standing over our head with a playboard. Again, he was like, "You're a tall gal. This works well. I don't. There aren't that many tall women who do this." So, you know, so I worked with Rick, and that was when I really became fluent at that particular style of, you know, the Muppet style of performance. Um, so, we worked. We had worked together uh, for so long, and for those shows, because he never knew which puppeteers he was going to be able to work with, he did his own pre-recorded tracks for all of his live shows. And so I was there puppeteering and listening, listening and learning his characters and his rhythms and things like that. So fast forward 10, 15 years to Avenue Q, and we are at the Vineyard Theater 
off-Broadway and we're doing our, our run. Uh, and in our fifth preview, after the internet is for porn, Rick and I are supposed to exit stage right. And I, because it was sort of a narrow apron at the front of the stage, I would pull out of Nikki's, uh, of Trekkie's hand and Rick would precede me into the wings. Hmm. Uh, but it was a sudden blackout. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a dark blackout and it was a very narrow apron and there was not a lot of good masking lighting in the wings. Hmm. Uh, and he fell off the stage and he sprained his ankle. So he comes in on crutches the next day and tells us all, he says, yeah, uh, the doctor says I need to be off my feet for the next four weeks. We you know what? I, th I think, I think he brought that up before on his oh, episode. Yeah, I think or, it might have been that something, that something, something yeah. like that. Okay. So, so yeah. So, um, it, it was decided that because we didn't have any understudies, he sat in a chair alongside the audience because it was stadium seating, but he sat out of sight of the audience, but where he could see the stage and he held a microphone and he had his leg propped up and he did the entire vocal performance of the show. And I lip synced the majority of his characters. Now, John and Stephanie also had to do some double. Oh, as oh well. Stephanie and John. Yes. Yes. That's great. That's right. Crazy, crazy, talented, wonderful people. Oh, yes. Um, yes. And so we all had to rally together to sort of do this. But because I'd had that history of working with Rick before, where I was lip syncing along to pre-recorded tracks of his, I I knew his rhythms. I knew the choices he was going to make. I, I knew, and he was also a really good, uh, he, he was a very good partner in the sense of he would let me know he was going to say something instead of just saying, I don't know. He'd go, well, I don't know. And just that little, <laughs> just that little hitch into it, that little right. hitch into it, let me mm. know that it was coming. So he was a, he was a great person to sort of follow in that way. Um, but yeah, we, uh, he has described us, I believe, as the Fred and Ginger of puppetry from all of the, the because uh -huh. it's, it's literally a dance that we did together in, in that show. And it was yeah. really fun. It was an incredible show. It was an incredible experience oh, yes. getting to be part of the Broadway community. And I know that if I didn't have this incredibly special skill set, right. I know that I wouldn't have probably ever been on Broadway, but I was in the right but place. You did the right time yeah. with a very very specific set of skills that was called for and uh and and it was one of the most magical experiences of my life the night uh, of the tonys when we won the tony oh uh, that was probably <laughs> the most magical night of my life was, i bet it was i bet it oh was. my gosh yeah that was, that was a competitive year i mean wicked we all thought uh, it was going to wicked Except I think I think I think everybody thought it was going to be wicked that year. Why don't we bring that up to Rick Lyon? I don't know. We should have. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. well our uh, our Gary Coleman, Natalie Venetia Balcone, she always said, mm -hmm. "I think we're going to get it. I think it's it's going to be us." And we were like, "Come on, there, you know." No, against and, Wicked. Well, and we'd also been counseled by who I like to think of because the the Broadway community is really so supportive of each other. And oh yeah. I've always thought of uh the show You're in Town as being Avenue Q's big brother or big sister. Because mm -hmm. without that show, which was so irreverent and 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 so meta and so darkly funny and and satirical and strange, 
without that show, that show kind of paved the way for other shows like Avenue Q to be able to come up, you know, totally different yeah. spirit, but, but very theatrical, you know, a very highly theatrical show like Avenue Q is very highly theatrical. And anytime we would see them, there would be big events with like, you know, a Broadway, a Broadway and Bryant Park. And we'd all go to Bryant Park and sing a couple songs from our shows. And it was a great way to get people to come, you know, it was basically an advertisement for the Broadway community, the Broadway industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remembered them saying to us, because it was right before the Tonys, and they said, listen, when you win best book and best score and best direction and best musical goes to Thoroughly Modern Millie, because that was exactly what happened to them. You're in mm -hmm. town and Thoroughly Modern Millie were, were against each other in that Tony season. And you're in mm -hmm. town swept every award except for Best Musical. Except for Best Musical. Because all of the out-of-town booking agents were like, I can't put a show called You're in Town in my theater and expect people to come and see it. <laughs> so they thought, well, everybody, Thoroughly Modern Millie, now that's a show people will come and see. Now, both of those shows, I am a fan of both of those shows. I think both of those oh, shows yeah. are wonderful in incredibly mm -hmm. different ways. But because that had sort of been like, come on, you know, don't don't be surprised. Don't get your hopes up, kids. We were always like, yeah, our friends from Urin Town are right. You know, we'll 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 be lucky if we get you know acknowledged at all. And then for and then for us to win the triple crown was crazy, right? Yeah. Absolutely it's huge. Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's such a great, yep. great musical. Some yeah. people consider that one of the biggest upsets in Tony history. Uh, yeah, yeah. Might have been. That's I think I yeah. think it still I think it still is. Yeah, there are a lot of wonderful songs on Avenue Q as well. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> sure. And, and it's great, you know, Avenue Q, you know, it's, it's you know, it's great that that's kind of like still that becoming your favorite, you know, successful as it becomes, you know, which is which is great. Yeah. After, after well, twenty it years, opened, it opened so many doors for me that would never yeah. have been opened otherwise. Uh, it right. was because of that that I ended up getting the the two stints on Law and Order. Um, again, one of them being a puppeteer, but also because of Avenue Q, it legitimized me as a human actor as well in ways that I had not expected. Um, when I when I would audition for uh, human roles in plays and and things after that, people the, as soon as I walked in the room, they'd say, "Huge fan of Avenue Q, loved your work in the show." And I would go, I, I, thank you. That's amazing. Um, so after Avenue Q, because uh, around that time, my TV work was starting to sort of dry up. So Avenue Q, I mean, the, the day player stuff with Sesame had, you know, I had done Johnny and the Sprites, which was great. Oh, yeah. As well. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was happening yes. at the same time as Avenue Q. But Love then, Johnny and the Sprites. Yeah. Oh, yes. A, a great show. show. Yes. A great show. Really, really fun show. Yes, um, John for what he's done for that show is just he, oh my gosh, he's he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's he's incredible. He really is. Uh, but so after, but my my TV work had sort of started to dwindle as as Avenue Q was in my life. So I I was doing more theater stuff and less TV stuff. And then when my time at Avenue Q was winding down, I was doing there was not a lot of TV stuff going on for me, and I ended up doing theater mostly so i i did i did a regional gig in philadelphia at the arden theater um i did superior donuts which uh they which was a broadway mm. show at the same time that avenue q was happening and i remembered not 
uh, getting to see it because when you're in a show, you only have your one day off. It, it's very hard to see other shows when you're in a show sometimes with the schedule of things. So mm. I had never gotten to right. see it, um, but I ended up getting to be in, in a production uh, in Philadelphia, which was great. And then I started working uh, at Alabama Shakespeare Festival. Doing wow. Shakespeare for the first time since college. What? Uh, yeah, it was wow. wonderful. I, I I started working at that theater in 2011, uh, playing, that was actually, they did Dracula. They did a, a version of Dracula that I was in. And I was I was <laughs> playing a character that doesn't exist in either the novel uh, or, hmm. or or any films that you've ever seen. It was it was a specific theatrical adaptation that had been written. I was a, a lab assistant to uh, Doctor Seward, so but I also end up getting converted into a vampire, and I get to come back from the dead and have my neck half bitten off, and it was great. It was so much fun, <laughs> um, and that started a, a six year relationship with that theater where I got to go and do a bunch of great acting work um, that was in Alabama. So a lot of my friends up north didn't get to see it. But uh -huh. but it was it was so I work that I am so immensely of which I am immensely proud. Um, I got to play Lady McBee, which was cool. Uh, I got to play Goneril in King Lear. Uh, I was Mistress Quickly in The Merry Wives of Windsor. And for that production, I actually designed puppets. There's there's a taunting scene at the end of The Merry Wives of Windsor where Falstaff is in the forest and he's being taunted by the fairies. And so they said, well, we know you do puppets. Would you be willing to, you know, design some puppets for this taunting scene? We'll make some fairy puppets. I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds like fun. They had a whole prop department that was willing to, to spearhead the construction of it. They said, yeah, you draw the picture. We'll make it. That's fine. I said, <laughs> okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> uh, and I also got to do uh, because the show was set in um, oh uh, England of you know in Windsor circa nineteen you know early nineteen hundreds sort of around the same time as a uh, uh, oh God what's that TV series oh, right out of my head anyway it was a big oh God Maggie Smith playing the 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 Grand Dowager Lady. Why can I not come up with the name of the series? It's embarrassing. Anyway, anyway, uh, Downton Abbey. There we go. Oh, okay. Downton yeah. Abbey. It was sort yeah. of set in the Downton Abbey era. And the director had said to me, so to set up the show, we kind of want to introduce everybody to, to the town of Windsor in this era. And we thought we would ask Mistress Quickly to do a Punch and Judy show because you're a puppet person. You can do that, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. I Wait, what do you mean do a Punch and Judy show? They're like, well, you know, write a, <laughs> write a show, write a show and do it. I was like, so write a show, a Punch and Judy show that, the, yeah, and make it thematic with the Merry Wives of Windsor. Okay, do I need to use Shakespeare's language? No, we're not too precious about that. It just needs to be a Punch and Judy show and you'll be doing it. And so, so I had to figure out how to do that. And it's, it's, you know, it's a Punch and Judy person in a booth and you've got hand puppets. And I was like, well, I haven't done a whole lot of this kind of puppet, but all right, let's try this. And I'd have to have a character enter here and then go down and fish around in the back and get a prop. Well, I've got this other character up here talking and trying to distract people. It was it was uh, a great challenge. Um, so I got to stretch as both a puppeteer and as an actor during my time at Alabama Shakespeare Festival. But nice. it, was, it was wonderful to get to explore uh, performance opportunities that, again, I would never have been considered for 
I mean, I might have been considered for it, but what gave me an edge was, again, walking into the audition room, the casting director, the director, loved your work on Avenue Q. So I, I'm, I'm so grateful to that show for so, mm. so, so many things. Uh, awesome. That being one of them. Definitely. Awesome. Absolutely. So you've also performed various characters on the Noggin series. Ubi. Yep. A few. Not A too few. many. I was Mrs. Johnson. Um, I don't remember if I was anybody else. I only really remember Mrs. Johnson. I don't but mm. but I but I will I will uh I will confess to my uh experience first day working on that show and I was there was a period of time which was great where uh I wasn't I didn't have to audition for Ubi. I just got a call out oh. of the blue saying, "Hey, we have a big group scene. We need a lot of puppeteers. They're they're doing the uh, they're doing a, a play. They're doing a musical version of Red Riding Hood in the in the park, and we want all of the townspeople to come. And we need to populate this world. So you're going to play this little old lady called Mrs. Johnson." I said, "Okay, that sounds great." Uh, but at the time, you had to have noggin in order to see Ubi. And yeah. I didn't. Yep. I didn't have cable. I didn't have TV. It was. I. It was. You know. It was an expense that I, living in New York City, had decided I couldn't afford. And at the time, you weren't able to see a lot of these things online, yet. So I walked in there not knowing, really much about the show. I'm right. like, yeah, okay. It's it's the eyes on the bare hands. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So here I'm a little old lady. I'm gonna. And they said, okay, Jen. So we're you're gonna carry the shot. We're gonna start on a single of you, and we're gonna pan as you walk into the scene, and we're gonna widen, and we're gonna see everybody sitting there waiting to you know do the do the thing. And I said, okay. They said, all right. So just you know, just ad lib something at the beginning. And I said, okay. All right, fine. So I'm getting ready to go and they, they, they call action. I go, oh, this looks like a lovely place to sit. What a beautiful day for a show. And they go, cut, cut. Um, <laughs> have you seen the show, Jen? And I said, no. It's Well, it's like, Ubi, friend, you, it. I went, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Let's try that again from the top, shall we? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. Oops! <laughs> what a what a work though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember watching Ubi. It's a yeah, it's, it's a good show. So yes. and um, and we actually previously um um previously had um Cheryl Blaylock who worked on that show as well. Ah, yes, Cheryl Blaylock. you know what I, I <sighs> what I love is that every single name you're mentioning to me just makes makes my heart smile and i go oh, oh. i love oh i love oh. oh i love them so it's do we such an incredible yes. community to be a really player. is oh my really gosh is. yes very special uh, yep yes absolutely oh yeah and as well as carmen osbar oh yes oh yeah we had oh her. she was great yeah she oh my really gosh she's, yeah, she's so she's so great so yeah. funny and so talented so oh yes absolutely yeah. So um, now you also worked on another uh, serious thinking production, which we just kind of mentioned, Lomax, The Hound of Music. What, what was that like? That was a hoot and that, a half. Delta. That was great. Yeah, I love, oh, I love Delta. I love that little kitty cat. Mm, she was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, well, she was very challenging though. She required three people to articulate fully because oh my gosh. 
Well, because Jim Krupa, who is a genius at mechs and mech building, uh, he had built a puppet whose eyes could open independently. So oh. I had a little trigger where I had to open one eye and, and, and there was no override system to sort of gang the two together so that they could be pulled oh. open in unison. So I had to figure out how to balance opening them the same strength using the different pull and different fingers. Oh. For the first for the first couple of episodes, Delta just looked drunk. Because <laughs> one eye was slightly <laughs> more open than the other. She always looked a little drunk. Um, but but what the, the reason they did it is because the uh, Norman said, "Listen, my cat will be sleeping, and uh, I'll I'll make noise, and she will just open one eye and look at me. And I want Delta to be able to do that very thing." And I went, "Oh, okay, uh, we'll try that." So we had we had ears. I had ears and individual eyes, and then paws, and then a tail. Well, because I had my hand in here and I'm trying to do this this very fussy little neck, I couldn't do the pause. So Pam Marciero ended up doing the pause. Wow. And uh, Carrie Horn, puppeteer that I mentioned from Mississippi, the local puppeteer in Mississippi, she did the tail. So the three hmm. the three gals, I call this Team Delta. <laughs> so we were all trapped in a tiny little spot under that chair in the stage. And we were all very, very tiny. And it, we would hit our heads under there all the time. So I had bought leather flight helmets for us and we were the Delta team, but we had like, I'd made little patches that I sewed on these leather flight helmets so we could hit our heads against the wood and it wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't bleed or anything. Um, uh -huh. So yeah, Lomax was great fun. It was, it was just a party. Uh, we had a great time, a really, really great time on that show. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So on Sprout, you worked on the Chica show as Chica's mom in Mississippi. Can you talk a bit about your experience working on that? Oh, that was fun. That was a bit of a lark. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it was it was a fun show to do. It was a very fun yeah. show to do. And I got to um, I got to work alongside John Kennedy. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I love John. Also, previous guest. Yes, yes, and John <laughs> is brilliant, and he's yes. so good. They and they had said so. We want uh, Mr. and Mrs. C to have been part of an old, you know, vaudeville act or whatever. And I'm sure John told you this that they would say, okay, so you're gonna at the beginning of the scene, you're gonna do a little snippet of a song that you've done in the past or something. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and so John would basically write a, a little ditty right then and there, and choreograph it and because and i would say i'll, I'll you, you you pick the song and i'll do the harmony and we'll figure it out and we'll just do it so all of that was it sort of off the cuff but it was all john kennedy because the man's a genius um so so that was fun to do and uh and forrest harding who had created the character and and, and the concept was a delight it was a very very fun and really sweet and silly silly show to work on so that was that was yes definitely yeah i remember watching chica show a lot in sprout so it's probably yeah. one of those things i remember watching a lot growing up so yeah. so chica yeah. show was yeah great yep so we've we've talked a lot about your work in the past but is there anything you you're, that you're working on currently that you can share um you know 
there's right now is is a bit of a, a lean time work-wise for me which is okay because i've got some like life stuff to catch up on and some family stuff to catch up on and and, and deal with but uh as far as future projects i mean i am uh moving a little bit more towards directing so you know there's there's things that I have directed uh, in the past that are fun. There's there's a, uh, on the Sesame YouTube channel, there is uh, a parody of Taylor Swift's uh, Shake It Off, but it's wow. Oscar. Oscar oh, yeah. Oh, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. So Oscar is sorting into trash cans um, and, and that's his sorting. Instead of I shake it off, I, I sort it all is what, is what he's saying. So that was incredibly fun to do. That was the first time I had ever as a director had to put together uh, storyboards and an animatic. And, uh, and that was really, really challenging and really, really fun. Um, and I, 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 I enjoyed the process of it uh, a great deal. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do a bit more of that. Um, I have done some uh, sort of mentoring, some coaching of, of uh, some of the newer uh puppeteers that are coming up through the ranks so that nice, has been enjoyable nice. i enjoy doing that uh awesome. I, i've also gotten to do a bit and i'd love to do a bit more but i haven't really i haven't really had the time or the energy to direct to really shift focus to it but right i've gotten to do some uh audio books i got to do two books for nice. um, penguin random house cool. uh the adventures of a girl called bicycle is the first one and the second, uh, the sequel to it is A Few More Bicycles. And those are young adult fiction uh, pieces written by Christina Us. And they're fun little whimsical stories about a young girl who travels the country on her bicycle. Um, <laughs> so that was enjoyable. And I got to do like 38 characters for, for that and had to figure out mapping all of those. And that was great fun. Um, so, you know, the, the thing is, none of us just do the one thing for a living it's right. it's 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 not a consistent enough gig so we all have to create these sort of patchwork uh careers that let right. us do the the best we can you know yeah. and just try to piece it all together yeah. definitely and another thing i wanted to quickly bring up that you did because i know we're gonna be wrapping up soon is um you also briefly worked with the muppets when they did uh the song on uh, jimmy fallon Oh yes, ways, yeah. yeah. That was yes. that was sort of my one. That was I think that's the first and only time I ever did anything with Muppets. I think. Huh. Nice. Do you remember who you did in that? Yeah, I was uh, I was Doctor T's right hand. Huh, cool. Oh wow! Oh, wait a minute. Ah, lies, nice. lies, lies. I was nice. supposed to be Doctor T's right hand, and I was prepared to be Doctor T's right hand. I'd been listening to the track, and then on the day, Bill Verena said. Yeah, Brian's going to do my hands. Meaning Brian. <laughs> oh, and I was oh. like, oh, yeah, y'all are buddies. And yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. So honestly, I honestly can't remember what I did. I know I, I did it. something. No, I know no I did somebody. But but it yeah. was a last second. Oh, uh, you didn't do it. Here, here, do this instead. And I, I, and I, I have now spaced on. Because, right. That's all. Because that was yeah. a while ago um yeah yeah yeah, yeah, no yeah. <laughs> but it happens we'd be like you so yeah. prepared for this and you'd be like oh last minute you can't do it which is yeah <laughs> it happens oh, 
happens all the time. Happens oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, happens Classic. a lot. Yeah. 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 So what would you like to say to those who watching or listening who have been supporting your work over the years? Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I continue to be amazed that I get to do this, that, that uh, I have been so lucky and so fortunate to have had the very twisty, turny, windy, random journey that I have. And I know that a lot of it is because I've had incredible support, not just from the people that I love, but also from people right. who know me through my work. I mean, yeah. people, people like, like, so like, like us, you know, uh, yeah. well, but, but, but have, everyone has been so kind over the years and so generous and so lovely and supporting. And it, and it, it is something that has gotten me through rough times when um, I, when I've questioned or doubted or thought I can't do this. Why, why who, who am I to put together this one person show? Who, who am I, who's going to want to hear this story about this puppeteer? Who's, who's going to want that? Um, and and having so many people turn up for the show and and bringing people who didn't even know who I was and just and at the end of it them saying I didn't know who you were or what you did before but I still had a great time at your show heard some great songs and I learned about this whole other puppet world that I didn't really know existed huh. uh, so <laughs> I've I've been I've been very very humbled uh, and grateful by the, the the fans and and the people who support and appreciate my work. I feel very very fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. So thank pleasure. You. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for oh, loving what you're I. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Of course. So now, if people would like to connect with you, where can people find you? Well, you can you can find me on my website. I'm I'm not very good at being in touch. I'm really terrible at it, frankly. Generally speaking, uh, uh, I will get back to people. It just may take me a long time. And by a long time, sometimes I mean like six months or more, depending on what's happening <laughs> in my life. But uh, you can yeah, find no me. You can find me at Jennifer uh, www.jenniferbarnhart.com. Um, I'm also I am Jen Barnhart on Instagram, um, and I need to be better about posting. I'm really terrible at this whole social media thing. I'm just I'm just not good at it. I'm really not. I need to get better. No worries. <laughs> no worries. No worries. And, and your website no and your Insta will be in the description down below, so people can you know follow you and check out your website and all that. Yes. So, since we're about Which I to... need to update. I know that as I'm saying this, my friend Michael, who helps me with with all of my website stuff, will be like, "Oh, I, now we really have to update your website because you just talked about it in in a podcast. You, now we've got to do it." <laughs> so right now it's a little out of date. It's a little out of date right now, but but you know, there's still awesome. some fun stuff to look at. Yes. Yeah, and awesome. The very last question that uh, either Matt or Marty, whoever wants to take this, will ask is mm -hmm. a question that we ask all of our guests at the end. And as you've heard our other interviews, we've asked this to um, other guests in the past too, like Rick and Cheryl Blaylock. Yes, Rick and Cheryl uh, Blaylock. Style, yeah. blah, blah. So yeah. We asked them all this, and now we shall ask you. Go for it, Marty. So, of course, this podcast is called Jake's Happy Stud Show. Hey, look at that. Nice. When you think of the word nostalgia, what do you think of? Or how would you define the word nostalgia? Well, to me, nostalgia is, uh, ah, it's, to me, it's a bit of a bittersweet feeling. It's a, a yearning for a happier, simpler time. Um, yeah. and, and just remembering and leaning into 
the memories of things that that made you happy and made you feel good. Um, I'm also mm. reminded of something that I heard from a, a fan, a kid fan of Avenue Q at the stage door. Huh. And she was, uh, anytime parents would bring kids to the stage door, I would look at the parents and be like, ooh, I hope they're precocious. Because, you know, <laughs> right. And then I would always ask the kid, you know, then I'd ask the kid, oh, who's your favorite puppet? Oh, you know, who? what was your favorite song? And this one little girl, as I'm signing her program, I said, what was your favorite song? And she said, I wish I could go back to college. And I said, I'm sorry, how old are you? She said, I'm 10. And I said, what? Why is I wish I could go back to college your favorite song? She said, because I wish I could go back to kindergarten. We didn't have homework. You got snacks. You got a nap. So there's nostalgia right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, great, you know, yeah. you know yeah. what? Yeah, you know what? Exactly. I never I never thought about it that way, actually. Oh my god. Wow. Isn't that yeah, funny? me too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And absolutely. also a testament to how good the song is that it captures oh, yeah. that right. spirit absolutely. and then it becomes universal that anyone oh, yeah. who hasn't been to college yeah. can still relate to it. Yeah. Even, though, yeah. even though we did have to explain to John Tartaglia, who didn't go to college, we had to explain to him what the quad was. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> What's a quad? It's like, oh, John. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much, Jen. This was a blast. Enjoy, enjoy, yeah, the, it's it's a pleasure. enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you yes, for being a, a part of our lives and, and for doing this. Yes, and have a great rest, great, great rest of your week. And of course, we'll stay in touch and everything. So. Yes. yes sir. And thank you for doing this show. It's a great gift. Yeah. It is a thank great you. gift to, yeah, to get you. these stories you. And, to, and to preserve this legacy and all of this community. And it really you're doing wonderful work and I greatly mm. appreciate it both as somebody who's gotten to enjoy being a guest on your show and as someone who listens. So thank you. Oh, you, thank you. you. All keep up the good work. Of course. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Alison Bartlett kind of said a similar thing when we interviewed her. Oh my her. gosh. Yeah. Yes. I remember, I remember, I remember she said like, and you bring the stuff up that is God, that's so, that's so true. like she wanted. She wanted to curse. I remember that was. You did yeah. the deep dive. It's true. Y'all do the deep yeah. dive, and I appreciate it so much. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so to, to all of our viewers and listeners, this brings another episode of Jake's Happiness Audio Show to a close. Absolutely yes. enjoyed our time with Jennifer Barnhart. Yeah, same again, Jennifer. Yes, we had. Thank you. And I had a wonderful Thank you so much. time too. Thanks for having. Thank you. Yes, and to Thank all you. of our viewers and Thank listeners, you. remember to keep nostalgia alive, and we'll see you next time with more wonderful interviews. Yes. Bye -bye. Yes. Everyone, see you next yes. time. Bye bye. Now bye -bye. here's that video from Cleo we were talking about. Roll yes. test. See you next yes. time. Yes. Production. Yes. Yeah. Stay. Stay here. Don't go anywhere. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Roll team. Bye. Hi, Jake, Chris, and Matt. It's me, Cleo, and this is so long overdue, but I just wanted to tell you that I had the best time being on Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. It makes me happy just saying it. I seriously think what you're doing is an incredible gift to our community and preserves the legacy of all the crazy, wild, wacky puppet shows out there. And it's just beautiful what you're doing. And I may be wild about reading, but I am also wild about Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Thank you for all that you do. And I love you so much. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show interview. Be sure to follow Jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive. Bye-bye.